I'm really drunk. We're here to check out this new restaurant called Loud. The reviews are supposed to be scoperini. And we're in the kitchen where we're gonna check out this chef's wacky style. What is your name? Hey, I'm Mr. Indigo. Today I'm gonna show you how to make some food. All right. So what you grab here is some spicy peppers, some dill pickles. Put those right there. Back up. A little bit of kitty litter. Mmm. That's delicious. Some little vinegar and salt on there. Smell, smell, smell. We're in this bitch. I heard through the grapevine that Chef Indigo has a secret ingredient in his food. Ah! You smell like shit. You smell like shit. Shut the up. You are nothing to me. When food is yelled at, it's like, oh my God, somebody wants to eat me. Now, I think it might be ready to go in the oven. I can't wait. Studio 212, we are your favorite podcast from the back of the house. Kids, grill, how long steak, mister? Going in the pan. <laughs> that does not give me a time frame. Well, it's about like 20 out. <laughs> <laughs> so I am the host with the most. Who can boast with the jokes? I don't know. I am Bobby Stills. Uh, next to me is Jahanathan Tunamathan. Yes, that's a- me. The Afro-Latino. Uh, who's got a new job? Which, I uh, do. I congratulate you on. Thanks, I'm super sir. proud of you. Uh, yeah, we are recording in Seattle, Washington, on beautiful Southland Union at Studio Two One Two, part of the Soundcasting Network. Once again, Keith is not with us tonight. I don't know why. He's probably dealing with his life. <laughs> yeah, it comes at you fast, homie. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is episode sixty-three. Um, we've been uh, putting them out pretty regularly. We haven't yeah. missed a week, and uh, we've been on time. Except the thing is about it, it, it always gets edited, and then it forgets to get put up, and we forget to put it on blast. Yeah, I've been noticing that. I'm like usually looking for it on Thursday morning, and then I'm, it's not there until well, like Why don't you Friday. text me or Keith? Because I figured you guys are already on it. But I guess not. I'll be on it. I'll be <laughs> up on it from the A. Okay, so work updates real quick. Johnny, what's going on with you and June, baby? Uh, well, right now nothing because we are on a break. Uh, Solari is on a break, so we go on a break too. But uh, last week was really fun. We did a bunch of private dinners, and that was awesome. Saturday was our big fundraising day, and uh, we had a gospel choir and local black artists. Get on, get on, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Us come it was it was your soul. it was different than singing about Jesus, but um, it was really good. You know, we served a lot of food. We had a lot of uh, local chefs in there. Um, and, drop some names. Uh, I wasn't. I was really busy, so it was really hard for me to see who exactly was in there. But we had a lot of people in there. Did you get to work with Chef Eduardo? Yeah, he's been in there every day in the kitchen. He's super nice. Um, as I like to say, he he is a real black person. You know, like Trill. Yeah, he's super down. Like you would, you think that he's really like. Straight. I've seen him in interviews. Yeah, like he's like really straight and narrow, but nah, he he's the homie. So he's yeah. <laughs> As one of the other black cooks says, he's like, oh man, I think that this is the first time that there has been this many black folks in the kitchen. That's what I was gonna say. How many you said? You know, how many black 
cooks do you have in the kitchen? Uh, including chef, there'll be three. And so the whites are the minority in this kitchen. Well, there's there's three other cooks, so we're we're even. I've been in I've been in many kitchens before where it's predominantly Latino. Yeah, and if you don't speak Spanish, you're made fun of. No, that we got a 17 year old white dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Even white boys got to shout. Get those fucking dishes done, son. He's good. Yeah, good for him. What's Make his him? name? Uh, his name is Sam. Sam. All right, uh, work update for me. I I worked two days in the past two weeks. Yeah, because you're back. Yeah. Yeah, I fucked up my back. I talked about it last week on the show. Whatever. Um, but I'm back at work. I'm in pain. Everybody's being really nice to me, which is not used to that in the kitchen. <laughs> Usually, people would like are like, I don't fucking care if you're hurt. We're all hurt. We're all in pain. Uh, but everybody's being really nice to me. That's a serious injury, though. Yeah, I mean, I broke my. I mean, I broke my back. I don't know, like eight years ago, and had surgery and stuff. Almost in a wheelchair. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, everybody's been really nice, and uh, yeah, I appreciate. It. I thanked everybody profusely for covering me, and Warren. you know, swear doesn't get fired. He's like, yeah, sorry, Crip. <laughs> I was like, I'm a blood. Pyru. Uh, okay, did you eat anywhere? Uh, no, nothing to talk about really. Um, so uh, upon your advice, I even take advice in the show last week. I went and ate at Aldana. Oh yeah, how was it? It was good. Uh, so my uh, girlfriend's parents called and were like, or they went wanted to go out to dinner, and they were like, you know, we're going to go eat. And I was like, hey, I know that they like Naka. Mm -hmm. um, they had been there a couple of times. And so I was like, hey, the new place just opened up. Johnny had told me it had opened up. Uh, so let's go check it out. So she was like, oh, they don't have any reservations available for the time that we need. And I said, <laughs> I know my boy. Let me shoot a text. <laughs> so I popped a text out and said hey you got space and yes he said yeah sure for, for you homie chip and he was I was like five and he's like yeah no problem whatever damn yeah so we went in there uh with the fam and sat down and uh yeah chip just goes uh and the chef's there uh oh he wasn't there the day I was there yeah he was there and uh chip just goes order this this and this and uh everybody started ordering drinks cocktails were on point yeah Super, super good. But he started, like I said, pair something with my dishes. and like, But uh, they gave us that cauliflower dish with the shaved, with the bonito, yeah. Yeah, the bonito, <laughs> the shaved tuna on it. And I was trying to point, tell her dad, like, check it out. Look, it's dancing. Yeah. And he was like, huh, what? And I was like, look. I thought it was alive, but I saw it. That's what he thought, too. And I was like, no, it's like the moisture. It's like it's absorbing the moisture and making it move. And he was tripping. And uh, then her sister took an Instagram video, which I will prove that Instagram video. Yeah, for sure. It was dancing. Everything was really good nothing super blew me away mm -hmm. uh the one thing i will say is that when they i had the octopus dish yeah and they come with the, the reduction the reduction mm -hmm. uh from the braising liquid uh chip poured it over three of uh the guests um dishes and straight like a pool of the reduction and then this the dude who seemed super nervous the host or whatever who was helping him out Gave me a straight drizzle, me and my lady friend, a drizzle over our <laughs> octopus. And I looked at him like, you need that sauce. Homie. And then he walked away and then comes back and I was like, oh. And I was like, he messed up. He realized what he did. No. He comes back and gives like two more drizzles. <laughs> and I was just sitting there about to cry. Was the octopus, when I had the octopus, it was a little fatty. Yeah, it was fatty. It was a little, little chewy. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. It was cooked well. Yeah. I like mine seared. I like mine black on the outside and tender on the inside. Yeah, I think they went for um, aesthetics over like straight through and through cooking. I, I was confused by the potatoes, though. They were daikon radishes. Uh, oh, they tasted delicious. <laughs> they were so soft. Yeah, super soft. Um, it's flavorful. 
Well, but I thought it was a potato. <laughs> they didn't shape. They weren't shaped like a radish. No, I know they had little triangles. But yeah. yeah, but it was, I'm glad you went. But yeah, I just want to thank them. And then, um, quick um, thing: Did you see that the chef from Aldana is going to be on Iron Chef America? No, but that's tight. Yeah. So I learned like two days later, and it's it's just funny how Naka closes, and then it reopens up. How long was it closed for? Not even that I long. I think a month. And then I guess he must have went away and went and did Iron Chef, and they came back and the restaurant opens back up. <laughs> it's they didn't change very much. Iron Chef is a quick one though, you know. It's not like a three month process, isn't it? Just like a couple days or something. I like would that? assume so. I mean, I actually went and saw them when the Iron Chef first came. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even Iron Chef America. It was just Iron Chef. They came to Las Vegas when mm-hmm. I lived in Las Vegas, and I went and watched it. And they filmed like three episodes back to back. It smells so good in that stadium. I bet. Yeah. Um, so, okay, this episode is we're going to try to make it a quick one. Look, we kept it under, uh, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, we're we're going to make it quick. We're going to do a quick list from BuzzFeed. Uh, and then first I'm going to read a letter that we got uh, from one of our listeners. His name is Ian Sisk. And he's having an issue in his kitchen. And he was asking our um, to give him some advice. Mm-hmm. Um, this letter is pretty long, but it takes some weird twists and turns uh, that I have questions about. So once Ian, once you hear this, shoot us an email back um, or maybe call in. I don't know. We can have you call in. But uh, here, I'll just read the letter real quick. We'll Skype you ass. Yeah, yeah, we'll try to Skype you in. But uh, thanks for writing us, Ian. So it says, Dear Bobby and Johnny, I've been a listener from episode two or after seeing a post on Kivik Kitchen Confidential subreddit, whichever came first. I immediately subscribed to your podcast and followed the Instagram for I've worked in the food industry for over 10 years and can cathartically relate to the conversation you both have. Greyhound Steak Mister has been the podcast I most look forward to out of the 26 that I subscribe to. Opening a restaurant I manage even today, do I listen to the most if- most recent episode over the last year your podcast has helped me get through work as it's become exponentially harder and harder to show up uh, i don't mean to toot my own horn but thank you <laughs> uh when i was hired a year ago to manage a brand new barbecue joint opening up in the new town that i moved to as a general manager i was tasked with conducting second interviews with applicants one in particular when asked what do you expect from working here? Responded with, well, I was under the impression I was already hired for the position. The owner already interviewed me, and that's the job I applied for. He hasn't been passive about being salty about it ever since. <clears throat> being much younger and totally better looking than this asshole, <laughs> my kind of dude, I have too much respect for my kitchens than to let someone make me resort to a pissing contest. I don't play fuckboy games, and I'll ask you to your face if you have a problem with me because I'd rather move on and do do my work. But this dude has had it out for me since day one. No chill, no respect. That's how I feel. Um, has a problem with how I designed our prep and our checklists. Writes on the prep board trivial things that weren't done on my shifts. See, smoker was set at 179, not 180, i.e. whatever that bullshit. Uh, questions my authority constantly. States he can do my job better than me. I haven't let it phase me one bit until he started taking it upon himself to perform my responsibilities when I am not there. He makes the schedules, submits payrolls, uh, does ordering in a move that could only be taken as straight up disrespect. I'm pissed. Pissed because our owner hired this guy despite his recent arrest for letting over 140 alpacas starve to death. 
Jesus. while being tasked to, <laughs> yeah, that's where it gets weird. <laughs> while being tasked to, <laughs> he just threw him under the bus. This motherfucker let 140 alpacas <laughs> die. I guess it was known. Uh, yeah, while being tasked to be their sole caretaker. Um, he says it was an insurance scam. It was in, it's going back and forth in court. Uh, pissed because this dude upon sight has made it a point to walk out of the dining room because they recognized him from the news and refused to eat. Pissed because the owners don't have my back. Pissed because I gave the owner and the restaurant my absolute all and for it never being worth my time, my energy, or my pay. Back in the second week of December, the boss called me to the office and shut the door. He was being audited and didn't think he'd be able to keep the doors open for the whole month of January. But don't tell anyone. He said, in the two weeks before Christmas, for fuck's sake, he's asking me to fuck over my staff and buy him time. I should, le- I should have left right then and there, but I considered myself loyal to those who are loyal to me back, and I couldn't do that to my staff. I told him he had a week before I spilled the beans. Next week, and he said it was going to happen just like that. Well, because of the possibility of losing my job come the new year, I found myself a second job cooking for the university, and it's a real eye-opener. I'm much happier there despite the pay cut. But I'm working these two jobs to support my wife and my newborn son just to make ends meet. It'll be hard if I quit or get fired, Um, i.e. the owner's upset that I have a second job now. I know my time is ending here. I'm worried about the summer break. The school's out and there's going to be no kitchen open until August uh, because my GM job would not help. The owner is making moves behind my back. He's taking interviews, ignoring my calls, my text, promoting other staff above me, handing out new keys to people. I'm hearing it from the staff, and I can't ignore the signs. My only question is, do I wait to be let go, or do I tell the staff I'm out and bounce? No notice. I could go on uh, with more gory details, but I've ran it far too long, and I apologize for that. Keep doing what you do, Robbie. Uh, he says I'm funny. Johnny, he says you're terrible. That's what, I mean, that's what it kind of seems like. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, he's not saying that. Uh, he says congratulations on the new job, Johnny. Uh, and then he tells us to eat a dick, bitch. <laughs> sir, Ian, I do not appreciate that, sir. Uh, I don't like your tone. And uh, I will smack fire. <laughs> no, okay, Johnny, what is your first... What do you think? Uh, well, first off, I hope that us reading this letter on the podcast doesn't get him in trouble if he's playing it at work. Man, fuck him. I mean, fuck <laughs> his job. <laughs> Straight uh, up. But um, fuck that. Fuck that. Mark, who's uh, in, in there being a bitch and doing the ordering and shit. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a tough decision. It's like in that sort of situation when you're being basically usurped out of your position. But um What was that word? Usurped. I like that. I don't know what it means, but I like it. It's where somebody like takes over. Usurped. Well, I, like when you say usurped, I think like you drink it. You drink a syrup. <laughs> um but you know, my advice would be to I guess, you know, I would find a new gig. Well, no, he's already got a new gig. Yeah, but I would find something that's more sustainable, you know, because obviously he has the ability to be a manager and to um, work higher up on the scale. So it's not like he needs to go find a cook job. True. Uh, And I agree that, you know, that one job is not making ends meet. That's why you have these two jobs. So I would say fuck both jobs and try to find a job that works for you and your family. Well, exactly. Yeah. He has a he has a wife and a kid, Uh, you know, find some longevity. I would say don't leave. And I hope you haven't either got fired or left yet without listening to this episode. not that we're going to help you out or anything like that. <laughs> Just giving you our advice. Uh, but before you leave, um, I would not wait to get fired. No. Um, I, I've done that before. 
I've, I've known my time was coming and I'm just biding my time just because I, I liked where I worked. But it sounds like you don't like where you work. You're not enjoying it. You're stressed out. And I'm sure you're taking that stress home with you. Um, don't wait. But before you leave, I would definitely sit down with the owner mm-hmm. uh, alone and sit down with this dude who you have a problem with and ask him what the fuck his deal is. Uh I mean, if you really want to go that route, I mean, or you could just be like, whatever, and just... No, it's going to help him out in the long run if he talks I mean, to them. He's going to feel better about the situation. Yeah, but it could also just be that they're both dicks. Yeah, but they, but you can get those answers. Yeah, I guess. You know, he's worked for this place for a while now, and he's, you know, the owner's obviously doing some shady, shady shit behind his back. I would just want to call him out on his shit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just had this situation happen to me at work. I know, and you got and and, and didn't you get called a crybaby bitch for it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't being a crybaby bitch. I, yeah. I was. I had real concerns, and I got my and I voiced my opinion. I voiced my concerns, and they were addressed. And it, it all seems to be fixed. Uh, I don't know. It could have been just swept under the one uh, swept under the rug, and I could have you know uh, bought myself some time. Um, or it could be fixed. I don't know. Uh, but but that, that's that's my that's my advice to you is uh, definitely find a new job. Don't wait to get fired. Uh, be proactive about seeking out a new job. Make sure you have it lined up before you leave your, your current job, though. Most definitely. Uh, but I don't understand why you let it get this way to where you're, this dude is doing your job. Um, well, it seems like he's already talked to the manager and the manager said something like, why does it matter if it's getting done before you get here? Yeah, but I, yeah, I guess. But you know. the thing about it is, is I mean, I had this situation today where I, a coworker of mine came in, and I, I specifically, I did all, I set up everything for him, um, and I asked him if that was okay, and he said, um, yeah, it's okay today, but I like to be in my routine. Mm-hmm. I like to come in and know what I have to get done. Uh, without, because it's a routine, yeah. and I'm used to coming and doing that. When you do my stuff for me, I have to look and see what's already done. So obviously, this dude has no respect for him because you would ask or you would mention and say like, "Hey, I took care of this for you. Is this okay?" Yeah. It seems like though, if now that I think about it, it does kind of seem like he is on the East Coast because that is an East Coast mentality. Well, yeah. Well, we we the, Ian sis never told us where he's from or where the place he works at or anything like that. So we tried to do some internet sleuthing, <laughs> and I think he's from upstate New York, kind of like by Ithaca or whatever, because we found a story about this motherfucker. The dude he's talking about, mind you, was taking care of 140 alpacas and he let them starve to death. And the Humane Society came on and just found tons and tons and tons of dead alpacas. That's crazy. And so I guess he's saying that people recognize him from the news and the newspapers and they're like, we're not fucking eating here. You got a killer, an alpaca killer in the kitchen. (laughs) So I don't know. The old Robbie would say, smack the shit out of this fool (laughs) and walk the fuck out and make sure you take a nice saute pan with you. Uh, That's the old Robbie. But the new Robbie's going to say, no, act like an adult and uh, speak your mind. Um, Speak your truth, brother. (laughs) And uh, make sure you, um, yeah, figure out exactly what you could have done, what you did right and what you did wrong. Uh, Make it a learning experience. Uh, But definitely don't, don't wait for them. Don't, don't. Wait until they fire you. That's not cool. <laughs> Johnny, you want to add anything on that? No, I agree with you. Um, you know, you just got to leave on a high note. You definitely don't want to be known as the guy that just kind of just fucked everything up and left. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, you know, just talk to your boss or, you know, try and figure out what the best option is for you. And, you know, if you don't really want to talk to your boss because you know you can tell what he's going to say already, then just be like, hey, it's not working out for me here. Uh, I found a new gig and I think it's time for me to move on. Exactly. Uh, it sounds like you're probably in a pretty small small town too. I don't know how word travels in your city, but uh, it's a very small community here in Seattle. And uh, yeah, if you do some stupid shit, you know, word travels fast. So yeah, I, w- I would speak to the owner and, and you never know. You never, you, you don't want to fuck shit up and you don't want to flip out because you never know what the future holds. Mm-hmm. You may leave and this, they may get, he might've realized that he made a mistake and he fucked up and he fucked you over and he may ask you to come back or have a new job opportunity. You might want to take that. So don't, don't burn any bridges in the, in the restaurant industry. Cause you never know. There's they people, always come back. Yeah. There's people that I've worked for that, um, you know, were fucking assholes. They were tool bags and I, and I don't know how they ever became a chef. And then next thing you know, they own their own restaurant and they've cleaned up their act mm-hmm. and they're a different person. So, you know, because these people are making mistakes, don't make them a bad person. Um, I mean, if you kill alpacas, I guess you're a bad person. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, but I would definitely love to get some feedback from you. So, um, we'll... Uh, I'll, hit us up. Yeah, hit us back and I, I'd love to have you talk about it on the show, maybe. Um, this is Grow Holland Steak Mister. Uh, 10 minutes out. 10 minutes out. Uh, we're going to move on to the next one. So the next thing we're going to go over, like I said, it's going to be a quick show. Uh, BuzzFeed came out with an article about um, 22 struggles. Only people who have worked in the restaurant industry, uh, the rest, uh, restaurant kitchen will recognize. Um, it's kind of a visual one, so we'll kind of explain it. We're just going to go over them. And, and this, uh, this also applies to people at, at home. Yeah. Yeah? Definitely at home. Johnny? All right, so um, this is an article by Maximilian Zender of the BuzzFeed, Deutschland. Deutschland. Came out February 23rd. I got a question. Yeah. So I was watching uh, Netflix last night, and uh, there's a show called The Beastmaster or whatever. Yeah, it's like uh, American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Uh, And when Germany, we say Germany, right? Uh But people in Germany don't say they're from Germany. They say they're from Deutschland. Yeah. Why? Why? It's the motherland. What? I mean, what does that mean? Why is it Germany to us, but Deutschland? Because for them? everything is different in America. Like we don't use the metric system in America. <laughs> you didn't help explain anything. I no, I'm asking. just saying that we like to do our own thing. Unfortunately. Um, anyway, so yeah, so this article came out February 23rd, 2017, and it's pretty funny. So the first one is. Um, it's a red bell pepper with a with the sticker still half on, and it says when you're unable to peel the sticker off the fruit, um, <laughs> and that's super annoying because sometimes you don't realize that the sticker isn't it's still off. on there. Yeah, so you like cut into it, and then you just have like bits and pieces everywhere, and you're just like, fuck. What's the best way to get the, that that off there? Uh, do it when it's fresh out the fridge. Fresh out the fridge, you can also cut it off of there. Yeah, um, but warm water. As no, long, de- depends what you're, but depends I what f- it's on. Like a bell pepper, if you were to put warm water on there, it takes the glue off. Yeah, but I feel like sometimes it doesn't. It depends on like you know how long the sticker's actually been on there too. 
That is true, but uh, yeah, sometimes you just gotta throw it away. <laughs> Tandy eating that glue. I mean, it happens. Some of them are just, uh, you know, pain in the ass. Yeah, you can also just cut that little sliver off and then just use the rest. Yes, you know? it correct. is what it is. Um, number two is when you're confronted with this madness, and this madness is people who stack uh, metal bowls incorrectly. <laughs> so, let's say you have a stack of bowls and it's going large, large, medium, medium, small, large, medium, small. Um, that goes for. Not just bowls. Yeah. I, today at work, uh, so there are like uh, six pans, and there's a half six, there's quarter six, and then a deep. Mm-hmm. A six six, right? I mean, it's a full six. A third pan? Or a full six, okay. Yeah, yeah. full six. Uh, so there's halves and then deeps, right? And uh, somebody had put like a deep one, a half, and then a deep. And I, just, I found it like three times. I was like, who's doing this? <laughs> Who was doing this? And it, we found out it was the, the the cashier was doing it. And I was like, could you not put triangle blocks in something, like circles <laughs> and squares when you're a kid? It's just organization is key in a kitchen. Right? And Especially with the six pans. It's like it's short six, then big six. So take the time yeah, to organize. To organize. Yeah. Makes life easier. Um, the third one is the same thing as the second one, except it's plates. So somebody has a bunch of uh, bread and butter plates that are flat. And then on top of them, they have raised bread and butter plates, <laughs> like coffee plates or something like that. And uh, that is definitely annoying. Like like plates go together. Some restaurants, but some restaurants can't afford all the same plates. <laughs> or I mean, I understand like when you run out of plates and then you have to use something as a substitute. But when they go back, they have to go back the same way. Like we're at June Baby, we're not allowed yeah. to stack any plates that aren't the same together. Like, yeah, they have at to all. go in separate stacks. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Yeah, my, my girlfriend at her house uh, does not have one single plate that's alike. Yeah, but that's what that's that's pretty, at home. It's pretty annoying. <laughs> like, how does this shit fit together? Well, like when you're plating stuff, which I'm not super, I'm not super fancy at all. And when I'm at home, like when we're cooking at the home at the house, I don't, you know. But it's just like, oh, what? It's like the dish, circle, square, <laughs> triangle, plate, uh, whatever. All right. Uh, the next one is uh, when the trainee becomes tired of life and it's four um, trays of dishes stacked up on top of each other. And I'm like, I mean, I guess I see it if you're going to run them all eventually. But nah, man, that's called an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. And it's just it's it's carelessness. It also looks like it's hanging pretty far off of a, <laughs> a countertop. I don't know. We're going to link this list to, to our uh, Facebook page, but I don't know if I've seen a dishwasher that's that that big to fit that many dishes in there and you should not be stacked. No, I mean like if you're going to wash them one by one you're stacking them so you have like a preset but I mean at the same time that's incorrect because you can chip plates and do all that nonsense. Yeah, you are correct. Um, the fifth one is when your coworker says there's still some left and it's a picture of a guy holding a, a nine pan with what looks like just one piece of meat left <laughs> in it like a pepperoni just one pepperoni and it's wrapped and put back in the walk-in. Like, what? That doesn't even make Lazy it is. Yeah, it's like, eat it or like, eat it. use it. Eat it, <laughs> use it. Um, That's a waste of saran wrap in somebody's time. I'm not too big. I mean, it depends in the kitchen if, if your chef is a portion Nazi and he doesn't want you to use any more or any less than what the recipe calls for. Yeah, but then marry the two. 
Exactly. Well, I mean, but you can't marry him if, if the dates, if one is from last week. No, and you, you have just a put a little bet. piece of saran wrap on top of the old or you new. Are, you are correct, but some top. people cannot grasp that concept. Well, it's just common sense. So what they do is they leave uh, one piece of basil in the bottom <laughs> of a quart container and they say, hey, there's a little bit left. You know, or they do that so that they don't have to make it. They don't have to do anymore. Yeah. And if you do and if you do say there's a little bit left, give a count. Like be like, oh, there's like one pepperoni left or something like that. Don't just fucking let me know. Don't, don't tell me there's some left. And then I reach down there and that's all. That's yeah. Left. I'm going to think there's like a portion left. Exactly. <laughs> Asshole. Uh, number six is when your day begins like this and it's a chef shaking his head as his coffee cup is smashed on the ground. Yeah. Uh, this uh Real life, uh, Brian, my coworker today, who's a really good friend of mine, who will be on the show uh, here shortly. He's a really good dude. Uh, he made a smoothie and brought it in today oh. in a uh, thermos. And he's, he's walking on the line and he d- scared the shit out of me and uh, drops it. It breaks his thermos oh. and the smoothie, which looks like a milkshake. All over the floor. <laughs> and his mood totally changed. Well, you get excited. You're like, oh, I'm going to drink this. It's going to be lit. Well, he was like, this is basically my dinner. You know, yeah. I wasn't going to eat anything while I was here. And this is what I had for dinner. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he started pouting. <laughs> so, Man. That happens with me when I spill my coffee or, like, yeah. You know, that, that's a life ruiner. No, it really is. You know, when you, have, when you come into work and you're hungover or you're tired and that cup of coffee is it's something know, that's expected you is know? Life. it's life and then you spill it it ruins your day <laughs> yeah. um the next one is and naturally this just this happens just in time for the dinner rush and it's a stack of beer bottles and coca-cola bottles uh three high and it's just toppled over with beer and coke everywhere yeah, three, three cases of of soda or beer um depends on i think that's that's uh beer how much would you uh would you estimate that's worth johnny you know, I don't really do the front of house stuff, so I don't Have know. you ever done this? Me? Knocked no. over an entire, like, three cases of booze? No. Neither have I. Actually, I've broken two. At Bell & Wheat, I broke, like, three liquor bottles at one time. Oh, shit. <laughs> they did, did they make you pay for them? No. It was because they stacked so many boxes on top of each other, and I moved one box, and the box below two of the boxes was open. So it tilted in and just, like, cling. And I was just like, well, you know, your bartender's an idiot. So, yes. Anyway, um, number eight is when you're stacking stuff and everything goes wrong. And it's a walk-in with like nines and six pans and third pans of liquid shit just all over. You're doing too much. Yeah. You're doing too much. You're trying too hard. You're trying to be slick. and Don't try to force something yeah. in the walk-in, you know? Yeah. Um, try and figure out a spot to put it that's, you know. Natural. Mise en place. Yeah. Place for everything. Yeah. And if something doesn't go there, don't try to force it. It looks like there's room on that speed rack. They just could have moved some things up or down and figured just, it out. I just, I hate food waste. Me too. That's a, that's a cleanup too. And you got to spend your time cleaning that up. That's like a half an hour. Um, and you got to do it off the clock too. Right. Number nine is when you know that today is going to be a stressful day and it's a guy holding um, a tick tickets from the ticket printer. And it looks like it's going about 15 feet, 20 yeah, feet, 15, 20 feet. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit on this. Um, yeah. Those are tests. Yeah. Either test or it's from a, a different printer that's not being used. Yeah. For so sure. maybe a different station and that's all all night yeah uh but yeah i mean that's that's what your life is it's also a waste of paper night. yeah but i mean you can't turn off those printers that's a big it's a 
a thing that I hate too. It's like, why is that printer on if it's not being used? No, exactly. Unplug that shit. Yeah. Um, number 10, when you forget that not everything is microwave proof. First of all, I'm not a big fan of microwaves in the, microwaves in the kitchen. And if you are Japanese magicians, <laughs> if you are uh, listening to the show and you work in the restaurant industry, I would encourage you to speak with your boss or your manager about getting rid of them. There's a time and a place, but yeah, I agree. No, I don't. I don't know of not, a time. No, I don't know of a time and a place. It's not for like defrosting anything no. or doing some things, but you can. You what are you gonna? What are you gonna reheat? You don't have to. It's not reheating. You can cook in the microwave. What are you like? You can souffle in the microwave. You can do. <laughs> um, actually, one of the cool things you can do in the microwave is if you have stinging nettles, um, you can place them on a plate with saran yes. wrap and place it in the microwave, and they become crispy. Yes, because um, it you know moves the water molecules. Around. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, yeah, give us an email here at uh, Grow How Long Steak Mister and uh, let us know what what your opinion is on having a microwave in the kitchen. Yeah, or, I say no. Or what sort of things happen in your kitchen that are ridiculous? Yeah. Uh, number eleven. Uh, uh, not everything or <laughs> that plastic cutting boards do not belong in the oven. And this person obviously was an idiot because they put a cutting board with pizza in the oven and it just melted to all shit. Well, I mean, that's one way you can separate the men from the boys. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, amateurs do shit like this all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and it just shows your stupidity. No. Yeah. I once saw somebody put, um, a plastic Cambro on top of a salamander with oil in it and it just exploded everywhere. Yeah. Somebody tried to put a plastic, one of those plastic go bags on top. It's okay. We have paper to go bags, but when we have like three bags or more, we have a plastic paper bag and they tried to put it on. I was like, no, it's going to melt, dude. <laughs> Come Think on. about it. Yeah. Transfer of heat. Uh, number 12, when it's your turn to do the washing up and it's just a dish pit just full of stuff, everything's unorganized and dirty. It looks like there's a mop bucket inside it's of the gross. sink. Uh, it makes it so much harder to do dishes when they're not, the dishes aren't organized. I know that sounds counterintuitive Yeah. Um, to organize dirty dishes, but it makes it go by so much faster. Well, work. yeah, you know what items are like and they, you can just run them together. My sort of thing is, is when you're working in, this has been happening um, a little bit at the new restaurant, but people are in such a rush to get their projects done that they just throw their stuff in the dish pit and then one person ends up washing dishes for like an hour, an hour and a half. And it's just like, clean as you go, or at least wa rinse it out, put it in a rack so that somebody can fill that rack and run it but it's not fair when you have to wash 32 quart containers uh yeah i have to applaud my coworkers. so shout out the honey hole crew i know there's probably maybe a couple of them that um listen to this show uh they've worked really hard when i first started there it was one person's job to do dishes which i mm. thought was totally unfair yeah that is unfair um and they'd fuck them over because they they didn't care they just didn't organize the dish pit yeah they would just throw shit in there and i thought that was totally disrespectful but now we all chip in and it gets done faster the dish pit is always looking good uh which i take a lot of pride in that so i'm gonna skip a few of these because we're running out of time yeah um and some of them are kind of dumb uh when your hands are dyed orange. Hands, that's what I was looking at. When your hands are dyed orange and it's two bags of carrots uh, ready to be peeled and chopped. Gloves. Yeah, wear gloves, you know? Uh, wear two pairs of gloves. Two per. Uh, yeah, uh, with carrots, onions, garlic, uh, definitely any kind of spicy peppers. Uh, gloves. Gloves. Uh, Turmeric. <laughs> I've been drinking. Dude, my back's all messed up. My girlfriend made me... Uh, 
turmeric tincture. Nice. Uh, I totally forgot. Didn't even realize. I mean, I knew this, but I didn't think about it. It's all vodka. It's like a mason jar. So I was just like chugging turmeric tincture, <laughs> eating weed edibles. Like uh, <laughs> it's uh, lit. I was lit all weekend, but my back felt good. That's good. Um, Sixteen. When one of your coworkers just doesn't think, and it's uh, it looks like a sous vide piece of meat with a thermometer um, <laughs> vacuum sealed into the bag. And I'm just like, I don't even know. You know know. how you're always looking for like a tomato core and then you go down the walk in and pull out a bunch of like chopped up or uh, sliced uh, tomatoes and then you finally find that tomato core. (laughs) But uh, dude, I've been looking for this all day. You're like, oh, I was wondering where I put that. (laughs) That happens with me and my uh, thermometer all the time. I'll put it somewhere and forget about it. Um, Number 17, when someone uses the aluminum foil like this, and this also goes for saran wrap. Robbie talked about this the other week. And that's number 18 too. Um, It's when somebody just like leaves it all to shit and they're still using it and it has like five or six layers of just like you lazy, over. You yeah, lazy it's just fuck. like fix the shit. Yeah, please. Um, 19, when you drop the pasta on the floor. And <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's luckily it's dry pasta, but it looks like penne and, and that shit gets everywhere. Everybody makes mistakes in the kitchen, you know, but you, you learn from your mistakes and you be a little slow, slow and steady, slow man. Slow and steady wins waste. Yeah, work smarter, not harder. Yes. Uh, number 21 is really funny. When you can't find a suitable lid for the pot <laughs> and it's like a... <laughs> It's like a 22-quart pot Anything with probably like work, a six-quart lid. <laughs> I don't know if you people out there know this, but uh, people in the kitchen are also scientists. <laughs> and they come up with different methods and different ways of getting things done. Yeah. It's by any means necessary. As some people call it urban engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this one's funny. This is the last one. Um, when the trainee doesn't understand the meaning of behind bind the sauce and it looks like somebody is making some sort of Mornay or cream sauce and instead of using a binding agent, um, they <laughs> tied twine around the pot. They binded the sauce. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Um, so that brings us to the end of our checklist. Yeah, um, those are those are those are a couple of uh, some. So the struggle is real. Those are a couple of things that happen in the kitchen. So, you know, when people come home from a long day at work in the restaurant industry and that you ask how their day went, you know, they're not going to list off all these things that happen. And these things, multiple of these things happen throughout the day. <laughs> so it all depends uh, how you deal with them and uh, how quick you are cleaning up your messes. But uh yeah, these are the reasons why uh, so many back of the house people are uh, drunks. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, uh, this is going to be a quick and easy episode. Uh, we just wanted to answer. Uh, we should. We shouldn't. I wish we had more time because we could answer one more email, but we don't have the time. Uh, I know that we've been running long on uh, our episodes, so we wanted to make this one short. We're at thirty-five minutes, so we're just going to go ahead and get into our uh, ingredient of the week. Choo-choo-choo. And I don't know why. I think I picked star fruit because my girlfriend made me a smoothie with star fruit in it. Yeah, and it was delicious. Um, I can eat this stuff raw. Uh, it's pretty good. But, um, yeah, star fruit. Johnny? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to do a star fruit jam. Um, we, so we're going to start selling jams and jellies at June Baby and house-made ice cream. And it's really exciting. So um, this is a one, uh, one batch yield. And uh, for some reason, the Food Network used the metric system on here, which is kind of cool. Um, I'm learning a lot more about the metric system at June Baby, which is a lot of fun. Chef is a uh, French Laundry ex 
French Laundrier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, French so Laundrier. Frex Laundrier. Um, so it says one kilogram of um, star fruit, which will probably equal out to around eight cups. Um, then it has two hundred or eight hundred and twenty-eight milliliters of water. Uh, I don't really know what that is. I think it's about a cup and a half or so, um, which is which is good. Anyway, uh, oh no, it's three and a half cups. Sorry. Um, then you're gonna use one. And about three quarters pound of sugar, uh, two lemons, and I would probably say zest and the juice of, and a teaspoon of salt, just to give it a little bit of bounce. Um, and then what you're going to do is trim off your star fruit and place in a saucepan, add your water and boil until tender. Then you're going to add the sugar, the lemon juice, the salt, and bring up until the jam sets. And the reason why you're going to boil your star fruit first is because their star fruit is going to cook at a different rate than your sugars and your salt and you're probably going to end up with some nasty ass caramel before your star fruit's actually finished <laughs> um then you're going to pour into sterilized jars and i'm pretty sure the way you sterilize the jars you just boil it um and then you'll seal it you can put them in the oven too oh interesting um yeah so i'm learning about this which is really exciting uh we just our chef sent some samples out to the epa um which makes everything official so yeah so that's my recipe for star fruit jam and they have to come into the restaurant check out your yeah facility, they have to right? check out the facility check out the canning process yeah. and make sure it's all right and good all right, uh, I'm going to do a star fruit steak. Um, I think the beef and the fruit taste well, uh, go well together. Um, I got this kind of a recipe play off of a restaurant that I worked out, but star fruit will work too. So basically, you just need any kind of steak you want. Um, I just go with like a sirloin. Um, you're going to need like a, I don't know, half a cup. Uh, yeah, half a cup of Worcestershire sauce. Um Two pinches of ground uh, black pepper, two pinches of three pinches of, of sea salt, one star fruit. Uh, basically, all you're gonna do is you're gonna put your uh, steak in a dish and you're gonna cover it with the Worcestershire. Um, you're gonna uh, salt and pepper both sides of the steak. Uh, you're gonna cut your star fruit in force and you're gonna put it into the dish and then you're gonna cover it and let it marinate. I would say for 24 hours and then you're gonna heat up a grill, uh, get it nice and hot. Um, three Mississippi is my rule. Put your hand over the grill. Uh, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Pull your hand off. The grill's ready. Uh, sear your steak on there. Cook it medium rare. Um, and then I would, uh, right when I pull off the steak while it's resting, I would take my star fruit out of the marinade, and I would also uh, sear the shit out of them. And then um, after your steak's resting, cut it up and uh, eat it with the star fruit. I think that's a pretty quick and easy uh, recipe. Yeah. Right? And that brings us to the end of episode 63 of Grill How Long Steak, Mister. Resting. Thank you. Uh, yeah, quick and easy episode. Uh, you can get at us on social media. It's Grill How Long Steak Mister at Facebook and Instagram. It's at How Long Steak Mister on Twitter. Uh, all the emails that we've been getting, thank you very much. Uh, that kit is Grill How Long Steak Mister at gmail.com. It's Mr. MR. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram at Bobby Stills. Uh, Johnny? Uh, Johnny Tsunami. Yeah, 
hit him up on. Uh, you're much more active on Instagram than I've I I've been am. a little less, but yeah, I'm trying to keep up with it. Social yeah. media is tough these days. Uh, we want to thank Studio 212 for letting us record here, and we want to thank the Soundcasting Network for hosting us. Um, yeah, check out some of the other shows they got. Uh, the Blow Up is uh, one about uh, uh, black entrepreneurship or minority entrepreneurship, I guess. Like it, like it. Uh, yeah, they've been doing really well. So uh, yeah, go to soundcastingnetwork.com and check out some of their shows, and uh, we will see you guys next week. We're going to have a guest. Boot, Pete's. Grill, how long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch. Mm-hmm.